Episode 16, An Attitude of Service. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to talk about having an attitude of service, what it means in your marriage and in your life. Um, but first, we always catch up on where we've been this past week, and we've had uh, quite a bit going on. We launched our first small group from our, our book. book. Yep, mm-hmm. stripped down, 13 keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage. We uh, So that was Tuesday night. Yay. Hey, <laughs> good job, hon. We did it. We, we, are, we are finally at the point where we're doing a small group. The book is almost completed. Um, well, all we need left is our cover design. Yes. And our interior design is pretty spot on. We're going to see those on Friday. Yay. Awesome. But more, high impor- five. more importantly, high five. high five. Good job. More importantly, um, we're just very excited to be sharing our book and to be sharing the insights that we have culminated over the last, I mean, we're going on 14 years of marriage, so over the last 14 years, but really from our 60 nights of sex. Um, and what and, we learned. And what we learned. And so it's really it's really exciting to have these other couples that have joined us. Uh, it's a wonderful group, a great mix of folks um, in all various stages of how long they've been together. And I give them all kids. credit for being in this first this first small group with us. You did tell them within probably 15 minutes of meeting us that they were our guinea pigs, which I think is kind of funny <laughs> that you, <laughs> well, while true, I, I wanted to give them a heads up that that's what they, what they are uh, because we, we need their honest feedback. And, and they are, they're a great group of people that I think are going to be very honest with us in terms oh, of, Oh, most definitely. We already got uh, feedback last night. Yeah. We've been getting feedback already and, you know, they're, they're going to be frank and they're going to help shape the small group study. Um, we've got one, but they're helping us hammer out the nuts and bolts of it. So a special right. thank you to all of them. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's fun to be facilitating a small group again. Yeah. And to just know that, you know, the community is growing and, you, you know, we're impacting marriages Mm-hmm. Uh, in a positive way. And so that's, that's exciting. It is. That's exciting. And no, it's, it, it's cool. I mean, to have our book out in people's hands and albeit it's in a three ring binder, but having it in their hands and letting them read it and getting the feedback that we're getting is just awesome because it's already impacting marriages. We're, right. we're hearing it. And true. that is the cool thing is that the folks that already have it in their hands are looking at it and going, wow, this is such an awesome resource. And we're already using it in our marriage. So that that tells me we did good. We had something to say. <laughs> we had something good to say. And all of you know that because you listen to us every week. And I want to thank you all for doing that. Very much so. Very much so. So that was Tuesday. That was Tuesday. And then Thursday. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday was just a rough day. It was one of those days. And I'm going to tell everybody the truth. Uh, I just had some issues with anger. And I I really had to stop and think what I was doing. The kids were riling me up. I was in a state of just unease for some reason. A a lot of it had to do, we had family coming into town from Boston on Friday. My 
full-time work has been keeping me very busy right now. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I've been trying to get some stuff done with one and with them coming into town. So, and then the kids were just in rare form on Thursday. So I, I just remember having to just pray a little bit or a lot, I should say, and even ask my Eagle groups, men's group to just pray for me. Cause I just felt like I was being attacked and you know what? I, it's Sunday and I, I feel a hundred times better. I had a fantastic day with the kiddos. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Good. Good. I, that was, yeah, I actually walked in when Tony was praying. He, the kids and I had been outside and I walk into the living room and he's just sitting there by himself. TV's not on. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I'm praying. Okay. I'm going to go outside now <laughs> because I just, I really got the sense that you just needed to be by yourself. And I that, did. You know, I, I did go outside and pray for you, but I, I thank you for that. I really get the, got the sense at that point in time that I was not needed in the room with you and that you just needed to collect yourself and be by yourself. And, um, I did. So good. I'm- it, it was a time of reflection. Mm-hmm. It was a time of solitude for myself where I could just be open with the Lord and just let them know that I was having some struggles. And the verse that always goes through my head when I'm going through a struggle like that is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, the armor of God. And I just think about, I need to put on his armor each and every day, because if I do not, Satan is going to come and attack. Absolutely. And so I had been laxed on that verse for, for, I'd say a good couple of weeks. Mm. And so... It was just a reminder and, and I didn't go out and pick it up and read it, but I just, I had to just really think about it again. And what does it mean to put on the armor of God? And by putting his armor of God on, it really protects me. And you know, that's, so that's what I had to do on Thursday. So Thursday. And then what did we do on? Oh, Friday. We had all the family here. Friday we had from, yeah, from Massachusetts. And so that was, that was fun. We haven't seen them in six, six sev- years, almost seven years. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think because Alex was about nine months at your brother and sister's wedding. Okay. And um, so eight of them flew out here from Massachusetts and they're all, all of their kids are older than our kids. They're all teenagers. And so it was a lot of fun for Alex and Abby to have these older cousins whom they've never met. Right. Um, to hang out with, we went down to La Jolla and, you know, the kids got to play in the beach and, you know, just a fun afternoon getting caught up. I mean, it's the nice thing with family where you don't feel like you, you know, you have to do all of this work to, Oh, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? You know, this kind of stuff. Plus everybody's on Facebook. So. I was going to say Facebook just makes it easy. Just Facebook to know what's makes happening. it easy, but it was, <laughs> it was really neat for me to see our kids hang out with older cousins much older cousins oh, because yeah. most of the, you know, all of our kids cousins that they've been close to have been at most just a couple of years older. And so to see Abby running around the beach with Molly and our Alex hanging out with Alex and Dylan and uh, Paul, it was just really, it was fun. It was fun. And so, you know, and it's always, it's always beautiful to just go hang down and at the La Jolla Cove. It was a perfect San Diego seeing day. The seals and, <laughs> You know, playing in the water and the tide pools and then going up to the village afterwards and just walking around, going get some uh, Italian gelato and eat some of that, which is always, oh, <laughs> man, that was good stuff. Wow, that was good. So and then Saturday, we, uh, well, we the kids saved up their money and got a Wii. 
And so we have, you know, joined, finally joined. We're a little, as you guys know, I mean, we, we did a, we did a podcast on fireproof a year and a half after it comes out. Right. So, so, we're, so we're behind and our, our kids wanted a Wii. Uh, we do not, we have not to this point have owned a game system mm-hmm. and they really wanted it. So we told them if they wanted it, they have to save for it. And Elisa and I would put in for the accessories. That was right. what we said we would do. And so these kids, they worked. I mean, they have a commission plan that they have every week where they have certain jobs they have to do. And if they do the job, they get paid. If they don't do it, they don't get paid. So they were after it and doing some extra stuff to get paid a little extra. Any gift money they got, they gift saved. Money they, we they had saved. them, we have a change jar and we actually made them sort the money. Right. <laughs> you know, they, they had the benefit of doing so, but they had to sort all the coins and pennies and nickels. And um, there was a big chunk of the money right there, but they had to work for it. They, they do. And, and a lot of that has come out of our, our financial struggles mm-hmm. and wanting to teach our kids the value of money and having to pay for something with hard, cold cash. You know, so they realize the effort that is taken. It's not on some credit card. It's not on a piece of plastic that gets slid through some system and it's, you know, paid for and they can move on. I mean, they were there with the money in their hands. So th- that was cool. Yeah, we got that earlier in the week. So what did we do last night? <laughs> you wanted to talk about it. So <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot and make you talk about it. I brought up doing naked we. And? <laughs> well, I just, I brought it up because at, at first I thought, hey, this would be a really fun way to sort of start possibly some physical intimacy. You know, let's get naked in front of each other and play some we just... Let it all hang out. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Yeah. And what I found out and realized when we were even getting up to that point, how hard it was to undress in front of you. Well, and I was totally uncomfortable. Like when he first proposed this idea, it's kind of like our 60 nights of sex. where I'm like, no, we are not playing naked. We not going to happen. The kids are in the house, you know, they could wake up and he's like, oh, I got an answer for that. We'll just, you know, we'll have blankets. So I'm thinking, okay, but if the kids wake up, I'm still going to be naked under a blanket. That doesn't really solve my problem. But luckily when our kids go to sleep, they go to sleep pretty darn good. At least for the first few hours. Right. And so I said, okay, but yeah, so here we are, you know, and we talk about intimacy. Obviously that is, that is what we talk about, but it was still, you know, outside of the bedroom, when you're getting ready to go play a video game, <laughs> <laughs> getting naked. And I'm thinking... Bowling, nonetheless. Bowling. Well, I don't know that that makes a difference, but okay. I bowling. know, but we. But that was the game we that chose. That was the game we chose. But it was still very much going, okay, you know what? I'm going to be naked in front of my husband. And it's very much... And for me, too, it was, man, I'm getting naked in front of Elisa. Like, just going to stand here... In bowl in front of her naked. I think the thing that hit home for me was that for me, I'm very comfortable being naked in our bedroom. Like that's like within the confines of our bedroom. That's not an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, I, I, that's we've, true. We've gotten past the point where, you know, making love during the day is not an issue for us. We're very comfortable in our nakedness. Th- I, I think it, it, we're comfortable in our nakedness when we know that we're going to be making love. Exactly. I think that's where we're comfortable. And I had no, 
I know you had said earlier that you kind of thought this was a way, you know, possible foreplay or a way to lead into something more. Right. And that was not really like part of my mental state last night. Like I didn't think, oh, we're going to play Naked Wii and then we're going to go make love. That was never like I had not put those two things together. And so for me, I was like, all right, well, we're just we're getting naked. And so it was kind of this weird like, hmm, I'm just standing in my living room. Naked. Naked. And yet, you know what? As the games wore on and I kicked your butt in the first game. um, Thank you. Hey, no problem. They might want to know that I won. That you're very competitive. (laughs) Yes, that has come out. I am very competitive. I have the sore arm today to prove it. Um, Oh, that's why my arm is sore. (laughs) I didn't think about that. that. That's what it is. Okay. But... You know, as as the evening wore on, it became one of those things where I'm like, all right, we're just naked together. Yeah. It, that, it's just, it's a state of being. It's not this, it doesn't have to be this big production. It doesn't have to be, ooh, let's get naked and then, you know, we're going to do this and then we're going to go make love. We didn't. We didn't make love last night. We Yeah, we didn't. And, and that was, again, for me, it was sort of weird. I, again, I brought it up, but it was weird just sort of stripping down right there in front of you in our living room and I started feeling the same way as we were playing it for me it was enjoyable just to see you without anything on Hmm. but in my mind prior to starting unlike yours I thought hey this is going to lead to something but once we were into it and doing the we and just talking and having fun that all sort of dissipated Hmm. like we we had some physical touch but it wasn't the kind of touch where it was like, "Hey, baby, let's let's make it to the bedroom." It, it it never, I never felt like I had to do that. I was just enjoying the state of seeing you unclothed, mm. and, and and really, when we were done, we were just sort of like, "You done? Yeah, I'm done playing." And we'd played for what forty five minutes, almost Probably, an hour, maybe. Yeah. And so when we were done, it was just sort of like okay, let's get our clothes on. Let's go to bed. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, we got dressed to go to bed last night. <laughs> we, and you know what? I thought that was really cool though mm-hmm. because here we are folks and you guys know who we are. And if you're just dropping in right now, go back to episode one and listen to 60 Days of Sex because that's going to bring you up to where we are today. But you guys know who've been listening to us, we're not scared to talk about intimacy. We're not scared to talk about sex. And... So this was just an awkward type of deal for us. And we've had a lot of sex. It was just it was just awkward in the beginning. Right. But again, it was just really cool once we played it out. So yeah. So that so that was good. So that's our week. <laughs> that's our wee week. And and if you, yeah. And if you do it, I want to hear about how you think how you think about it. Just yeah, you know, please share your thoughts. You can always give us a call on our listener feedback line, the 858-754-9937. Again, that's a 24/7 line um, that goes straight to a voicemail, so you don't ever have to worry about waking us up if you're in a different time zone or anything like that. You can also leave comments on our website at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Um, we also get a lot of community building and a lot of feedback going on on our Facebook fan page. And uh, this week we threw out the question, you know, tell us about your wedding day. And I think last I looked, we were up to 24 comments uh, all over the place. It's, you know, you guys have some great wedding stories. And for those of you that haven't checked that out this week and you just want to hear about all of the crazy things that happen on wedding days and all the wonderful things that happen on wedding days, I invite you to check that out. Um, it's, It's been fun for us to 
have that little glimpse into your life. And, you know, we always love getting your feedback, um, whatever form it takes. And we actually got an email from Jean, who's one of our listeners. And he sent us this um, movie, this web link to a website with called Simple Truths. And the movie was called The Simple Truths Service Movie. And I've seen this story float around on the internet. I've seen different videos on it. Um, it's one that always, Tony, I'll tell you, it makes me tear up. You, you know what? The, <laughs> we were looking at it earlier today before we before we were running errands this morning. And, and you know what? I, I've seen it before, but I saw it again. And man, it put a lump in my throat again. Well, and you know, it ties in directly to what we're talking about tonight. So Gene, thank you. Your timing um, couldn't have been better Yeah, in terms exactly. of sharing that with us. It, it's the story of... Um, it's told from the the point of view of this You're gonna uh, tell trainer. No, I'm just give a little background. Okay, and we're also gonna have a link to it in our show notes, so you can watch it. You can watch it. This trainer is doing a customer service presentation and and basically says, you know, to this audience, what can you do to make a difference? And there is a young man with Down syndrome sitting in the audience, Johnny, who starts thinking, what can I do? I'm a bagger at this grocery store. What can I do? And he comes up with this idea that he will put a thought of the day in every person's bag. And as the the movie plays on, it tells the impact that this one simple act has not only in the lives of all of his customers, but in the morale in the store, right? in the manager's life as he starts to see this greater impact. And here is a young man who said, I didn't think I could do anything, but I thought about what I could do. And this is, this is what's happened. Yeah. And you know, as we talk tonight about service, I I want you guys listening to think about, it doesn't have to be acts of service. Do not have to be these grand, grandioso productions where you know it's going to make the you know five o'clock news and it's going to be on the front page of the newspaper an act of service can be cleaning out your hair out of the sink after you brush their hair in the morning so that your husband doesn't grumble every time he walks into the bathroom is that me that is you well no i'd clean out my hair to make you happy i'm the grumbler you're the grumbler but you know, I want you guys to be thinking about the small acts that you of service that you can do in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had to learn this because this was sort of a point of contention for us. Yeah. In the early years of our marriage, probably until the last couple of years, we Period. would you know periodically we would have really big disagreements over who was carrying the weight in the family, and well, you should do you know this is your job, you should do this, right. And, you know, we were talking before we came on the air tonight, and I, I want Tony to share kind of his attitude shift that he had. With serving? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, some years back, and I think this is just a, a society, um, what, 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 like a societal norm where... Expectation. Expectation yeah. that the wife does the cleaning and the housework and... We as men and husbands, you know, we go out and we provide and we go and mow the lawn. Well, in our little place, we don't have a lawn. We don't have much of a, a yard to say. I mean, I did we have go no out. grass. Yeah, I, I did go outside and weed yesterday. But for a number of years, 
I was really at at sort of a gosh, I, I was just butting heads with you when it came to after dinner cleanup. Mm-hmm. It, it would drive me nuts that you would make dinner. I would come home. I would come home. You'd make dinner. We'd eat. And then we would get the kids to, to bath or shower and the dishes would still be on the counter. And I can remember myself still to this day, just sitting there, just getting so angry and upset. Like, Elisa, why don't you do that? Oh yeah. Why aren't you doing the dishes? And it took me a while to realize that all I was doing was putting this task upon you because it's what I was sort of brought up thinking. But at the same time, it was making my heart very hard. Right. It was. I mean, that was, we, it was to the point where almost every night was a struggle of, well, who's going to watch this? You know, who's going to watch the kids in the tub? Who's going to clean up the kitchen? Who's and gonna, yeah. Who's going to wash the dishes and who's going to clean up the garage or who's going to do the laundry? And, you know, it just got to a point where I was just old, <laughs> you know, uh, of trying to figure out who's going to do what. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't know where the transformation came. I know for myself, it, it started about six years ago when I started to realize that we needed to serve our community. Right. You know, and that was just an act of us giving during a K-Love Thanksgiving um, drive to giving to the homeless. And so I, I don't know where it finally struck and turned in our marriage, but I just remember there came a point where I just said, enough's enough. I'm going to just start doing the dishes. I'm going to make it a point. If Elisa's doing something with the kids, I'm going to just do this, do the dishes. I'm going to serve my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it easier on her so that way she doesn't have to deal with it. And you know what? As I was doing this and as I've been doing this over the years serving you, gosh, I don't have this angst or this stress in my life about trying to get you to do it. I just stand up and I just make it happen. If it's bugging me and it doesn't even have to bug me anymore. Now it's just, okay, we're running around. We're doing what we got to do. Kids are, kids are done. You're done showers. And I just catch myself washing the dishes, Mm -hmm. loading the dishwasher. Just last week, Friday night, you had a show you were going Mm -hmm. to and the laundry was piled high. And I remember just looking at that all week going, man, I need to help out and I need to get to this. And Friday night, finally came a point where everybody was gone. You were gone. The kids and I were just at home. We were doing a little movies. We were doing some stuff. And I remember just, boom, let's get this thing done. You know, sort out the clothes. Here we go. And I think I got four loads of laundry done that night. And and yes, I did dump them all right there, a big old pile in the living room. But then I was home Saturday morning while you were out riding and said, okay, you know, the kids and I are going to get through this pile and we're going to get these clothes put away. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really, it's become much more of a team approach, I think, in our marriage in terms of, instead of saying, well, I'm doing this and so you have to do that. It's what needs to be done. Well, and here's something that's really struck me lately. If we look at the life of Jesus, when he started his ministry, what did he do? He served. Oh. I was like, are you looking for something? I was like, serve others, but I wasn't sure if that right. was the answer that you were going but, for. No, you, you, no, but you're, you're right on. What did, he, what did Jesus do? Mm-hmm. He served. 
And if we say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and we want to be like Jesus, what did he do? He served. Mm -hmm. He never sat up and stood up in front of a crowd and said, look at me. Look at me. Look how glorious I am. Mm -hmm. He never did that. He always was out there serving. When he had the group of 5,000 and they were hungry, what did he do? He fed them all. Right. You know, when, when he was with his disciples numerous times, he, he constantly served them. He healed the sick. He helped the blind see. He served. And I look at Jesus' life and I go, wow. If he can serve like that, I should be able to. And so, and then some other books that I'm reading, Bo's Cafe is a book that I am reading right now that really strikes at the core of this as well. And we'll have show notes on Bo's Cafe. So if, if anybody wants to pick this book up, man, it is an amazing novel. It's an amazing novel. And it just, it talks about serve, how mm -hmm. you serve. And it's about this man, Stephen, who's 34 years old and his, his life's in shambles and he's been living in a hotel because his wife kicked him out of the house oh. and he has anger issues. So I can relate to this man's sure. man's life, especially when it comes to the anger issue. And he comes across this guy, Andy, who's an old, old uh, family friend. And Andy sort of starts taking him under his wing, but he starts talking to him about taking off the masks mm. and serving in God's grace. And so, Powerful. yeah. And so when we're talking about serving, uh, it, it's, it's, I've been reading a lot about it and it's, it's really hit me. Well, and I think for me, when we did um, the five love languages study last year yeah, and identified our five love languages um, or what each of what our particular love languages is what I meant to say. Tony's love language is acts of service. And so for me to understand that and to know, okay, when I do things for him, it goes a long way to him hearing and feeling and seeing the words, I love you. Yeah, but what did we do in the five love languages that I think was very beneficial for our small group is once oh. once you identify what your love languages is, so if it's acts of service, if it's gifts, if it's words of affirmation, whatever it is on a three by five card, and if you haven't read this book, you need to check it out. And if you have read this book, this will hit home, I think, for you. You get a three-by-five card, and you put three things that will make a difference. To your spouse. You to discuss spouse. it with them. It's not the three things that you think right. they want. I mean, Tony and I sat down and had a very frank discussion on what his, you know, what are the, what are the beefs he has with me? Well, yeah, what are the three things that Elisa can do and, and, and serve me around either around the house mm -hmm. or outside the house. But now she knows exactly how to serve me. And for Elisa, hers are words of affirmation. So I was able to ask Elisa, I go, what are the three things that I can do or the three things I can say that turn you on or allow me to fill your love tank more appropriately? And so that was that that's huge right because you actually we what no i just said we're talking more about service instead of words of affirmation yeah I, no no <laughs> okay. i know sorry that's okay i want to talk about you not about me okay talk about me sorry <laughs> but 
it, it's important to realize in your marriage that little acts of service, even if that's not your spouse's primary love language, go a long way towards keeping marital harmony. Oh, yeah. And towards giving you those opportunities for intimacy. Because it's not just like, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the show, um, drives Tony nuts when my, you know, I dry my hair in the bathroom and, you know, my hair goes everywhere. everywhere. Oh, and so I've just gotten in the habit where. Well, it's not just the hair, then it's the toothpaste in the sink. And well, then we have two a, kids that use our bathroom want, too. Well, I understand that. It's not just that, me with a toothpaste. I know, but it's just like our sink is just a sty at times. It's Correct. Just, oh, and gosh, so I've really, nuts. you know, when I realized that that was one of those things that bugged Tony. Well, that's one of those things that we talked about. Right. But that's what I'm saying. When when you made that clear to me that this was one area that if you could come home to a clean sink every day. Right. It's a little tiny thing. I mean, it's wiping down the sink. Right. Oh, yeah. It's minor. But it makes him so happy. Yeah. And, and My garage being clean. Your another. garage being clean, which is a daily, it's kind of like wiping down the sink. It's a daily task in our yeah. family. We live out of our garage and yeah. A lot of times. Yes. A lot of times. And, and so, you know, these are things that when I realized I could do them for him and just, you know, it's not, he's not asking me to, you know, go jump off a cliff. He's asking me to clean the sink. Right. And what a difference it made once, once I was able to verbalize that too, and let you know that that was one of the areas that just, wow, if, if that could just be clean, how, how awesome it is and the garage could be clean and just being able to verbalize that to you and have it done. What an amazing thing for me because it wasn't something I had to deal with. I didn't ever Mm -hmm. have to think about it anymore. Well, and it's just, I think for us doing those acts of services has allowed us to be deeper in our intimacy because as we're serving each other, you know, it's very much like what you were saying with Jesus that he did not stand up and say, Hey, look at me. Right. He served others. So now we're, now we're falling into this pattern or we're creating this new pattern where acts of service are a way of our life. Oh, where, most definitely, yeah. Where the tension is gone because it's not a he said, she said, I did this. Well, no, you, now you have to do that. It's what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. What would, you know, do you need me to go stop? You call me all the time now. Do you need me to stop by the store on the way home and pick something up? You, and it's not a big deal. If I say yes, you're like, okay, I'll stop by the store. If I say no, okay, I'm coming straight home. Right. But you call first mm-hmm. and you didn't always do that. No, I just always figured, you know, that's your job. Right. And every once in a while, I come up to dinner time and I'm like, ooh, didn't realize somebody had finished all of that, <laughs> like the tortillas the other night. And, uh, you know, so so we've started within our marriage making acts of service a fundamental part of who we are as a married couple. And we've over the last few years, too, have taken that to our community. Right. And involved our children in it. And, you know, we we do service as a family when I mean, we just did the million meals packing event at the church of Rancho Bernardo yeah, where, you know, we gave an hour of our time to help pack meals and they packed over a million meals for families in Africa and Haiti and here in San Diego. Yeah, I know that's so cool. Earth shattering. I mean, that's, and it's cool to be able to bring, bring our oldest Alex out there and have him participate and watch him go through you know it was an hour of of pretty hard work at times you know for a seven-year-old and he you know he's he struggled 
yeah. it was oh, not did. easy for him. Um, Abby was too young to participate, uh, but she was there. She was on site just um, in childcare. But that was that was a challenge for him, and to, and to remind him why he was doing this—that it wasn't just, oh, do I have to? Are we done yet? How much longer? And we had a great team of people at our table uh, that were very encouraging to him. Yeah. And I think for him to be able to see the larger picture—that mm-hmm. obviously uh, hunger is a tremendous problem, not just here in the United States but worldwide—and to have him participate in making a difference you know and we're getting ready this coming weekend well well, and Um, one one thing i just love is that as we have become more apt to serving each other it makes it a lot easier for us to go out into our community as mm -hmm. a unit Mm -hmm. and to share our love with others and to serve others with no strings attached nothing is expected of them you and I can go out there and we just want to touch you. Yeah. We just want to love on you. Well, I mean, our, our kids see it when we, you know, if we see a homeless person um, mm-hmm. on the street and my kids know if I've got food in the car, yeah, <laughs> I'm stopping. You know, I don't care if it's the banana that I was going to eat later in the day or, I mean, there have been times when I've had a bag of fruit because we just went to the grocery store and, you know, I'll, I'll hand the bag of fruit out and you know, they're like, mom, what about our grapes? You know what? We can get more grapes. Right. That but guy showing an act of love. That guy might not have eaten today. Right. And so I, I'm laying the foundation for my children to understand that there are people out there that need our help, that we are called to do what we can. And for us to be able to do that as a family and to have that be one of our values as a family is really, um, foundational it is it's it's foundational and to let you all know we have a heart for the homeless as a family we do and it started like i said six years ago when k-love was doing that fundraising Mm. during thanksgiving well that money that i decided to donate and it was tough and i'm going to tell you i was in my car and i remember just listening and i'm going i don't know if i should donate I don't know. And you know, they're, they're saying, Hey, please, there are people who are going hungry. And I remember just taking out my wallet and and I was sort of shaking in the car when I'm, I'm telling them, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to give 40 bucks. And that $40 started a relationship with the San Diego rescue mission that we have had ever since. Mm -hmm. And it's, it started with that $40 to now we are down there. I'm down there usually about once a month. And it's typically to go out with one of the the employees workers down there and he and I get together and we talk and we support each other. And, and I'm always supporting them in, in their mission there at the San Diego rescue mission. So it, you'll probably hear us talk a lot about homeless. Um, but it's just something that Elisa and I have a heart for. Mm-hmm. I go down about once a month or once every month to the Salvation Army as well and serve, do a, do a feed. And so just just so you guys understand, that's where our heart's coming from. But find it in your family. As you begin to serve each other, start talking about what likes that you share and how you can go out into your community and serve. Mm-hmm. Because I think that is key as a husband and wife to be able to come together on specific issues that you can serve together on. Right. I mean, you might have 
a heart for the elderly and or for the sick. I mean, there are nursing homes, there are hospitals. Maybe it's helping at, you know, the Humane Society, you know, just volunteering your time, uh, you know, helping in the parks department because there are always trails that need maintenance. I mean, you can find a, a myriad of ways that suit what your family has in terms of resources, in terms of time, mm-hmm. what your likes are, and, you know, make it work for your family, but find something to make you go outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the big thing for us when we do stuff with the kids. Um, you know, they start to realize that not everybody has a warm bedroom filled with books and toys, a refrigerator that's stocked, you know, all of the things that they take for granted. And yet when we give them this other exposure, it's like, Oh dude, I tell you it hits me. Yeah. It hits me when I go to the rescue mission and I see those folks. I mean, they, they have one of the only emergency shelters here for women and children. Mm -hmm. I love it. They, they take women and children off the streets every night, 60 of them. And I mean, to go down there and see them and just to say, Hey, God bless you. You know, I'm glad you're safe here tonight. Mm, it's true. You know, it, it touches me. It hits me. And and it allows me to realize how blessed I am to be at home with a roof over my head with food on, on the table. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to, to go, you know what? I, I can serve all. I, I can serve. If I can serve those folks and I don't know them, think about what I could do if I go home and I serve you. Hmm. And the benefits that come out of that, you know, so that's, that's a really good observation. And that's, you know, a good point that sometimes we do find it easier to serve others. Very much so because you don't know them. You don't live by them. Right. (laughs) You don't have all the little, they know how to push your buttons and they know. Right. Yeah. But I've had to do, you know, I've had to do that more and more. I I take that when I'm there Mm. and I have that feeling and that emotional tie, I, I tried to harness that, sort of like put it in a bottle and bring it home. <laughs> so I realize how important it is to serve you. Thank you. To look at you as a child of God who needs to be served. I appreciate that. Well, you're welcome. That's, uh, I, I do have to share. Can I share Alex's story when he was four or five donating to the rescue mission? Oh, yes. So... Longtime supporters of the San Diego Rescue Mission, and a couple of years ago, they were um, they were building a rooftop playground for the kids because where they are downtown, they wanted to provide a safe place for the children that are living in the shelter in the rescue mission to be able to play. And so there was this there's this building next door. There's like a a walk a enclosed walkway, so you know it's just a safe place for the kids and. So we talked to our kids and well, we talked to Alex cause Abby was too young at the time. And we were, you know, we showed him pictures of the drawing and you know, having this, I want to say he was four at the time. He might've been five. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes into his room and he comes back out with this handful of change. And you know, he, he looks at us and he says, I want this to go to the rescue mission for their new playground. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We like taped all of his little coins to a letter and we sent it in and we've subsequently taken tours and you know, the kids have been, well, Alex has been down there. And so seeing that in him at age four or five and knowing that he, even at that age understood that 
he didn't have much, but he was giving them all that he had. Yes. In this dollar or, you know, whatever it was that he realized that he could make a difference. He could, you know, at that tender age, he said, you know what? I can make a difference. I can do something. You know, and and I think sometimes we lose sight of that. I think, you know, the older we get, it's like, well, only those people that have, you know, a lot of power or a lot of money or a lot of resources. Those are the people that can make a difference. Mm -hmm. We forget that it starts with us. Yeah. Just like Johnny in that story, it starts with one person that says, you know what? I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. I can do something today that will make somebody's life better whether it's my husband, my wife, my kids, my coworkers, the guy on the street that when he cuts, you know, the guy in the car that when he cuts me off, I just wave instead of giving him the other symbol. Um, you know, <laughs> and on the California freeways that tends to happen. You're standing in line and you don't get irritated when the person in front of you has got three returns and you're like, wow, that's taking a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, or somebody starts to yell at somebody else. And you just say, you know what? Let's, let's calm down and talk about this. These are mm-hmm. all acts of service you can make a difference today and you can start in your marriage. You can start with your spouse. There is something that they would love for you to do for them. And it's small. It's cleaning the bathroom sink. It's washing the dishes. Right. It's helping out with the laundry. It's taking the garbage out. Right. It's putting the kids to bed, even though, you know, it's typically the other spouse's job. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. If if you're usually the one that puts the kids to bed, if you have somebody else do it for you for a night, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the angels singing. All right. And uh, I think what you're doing by by serving is you're laying this foundation down in intimacy. Mm-hmm. You're really laying down a foundation that allows your intimacy to flourish because you are not expecting anything in return. And too many times in our marriages, we are always doing something and expecting something in return. It's a tit for tat. I did that for you. You got to give me something. What we're talking about here, folks, is you do it with nothing expected in return. Nothing. You are doing it because you love your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I tell, and I will tell you from experience your intimacy is going to grow. It may take time for your spouse to realize it. It may take time for you to realize it because I know for me, it took a long, not a long time, a long time when I was doing those dishes where I could finally just do it without seething and going, my goodness, I wish you would just come over here and do this for me or say, Tony, good job. But you know what? It took time. And as the months and the years have gone by, I don't even think about it anymore. I do it because I'm serving Elisa. And I build on that foundation every day. So when we are ready to get to physical intimacy or sexual intimacy, man, that's where the explosion starts happening because I've served her and I've served her and I've served her. And she sees that I love her and I am doing something for her with nothing in return. Well, and it also carries on into physical intimacy, that attitude of service. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, it's not just like we have an attitude of service outside of our bedroom and it stops at the bedroom door. 
it permeates all facets of our life. Well, I think that has to do with just our intimacy lifestyle. But I'm saying as you create, as you create an attitude of service, it doesn't stop at your bedroom door and you become no. a selfish person when you, you know, cross that threshold. Right. Yes. When you change your attitude to being the intimacy ignited, they refer to it as a servant lover mm-hmm. as opposed to a selfish lover. It permeates everything that you do. It permeates how you treat your spouse in the bedroom and you know, not having those expectations or the tit for tat, like Tony was saying, it's very much a, you know, well for, for us, it's you take the lead. I take the lead mm-hmm. nights and that even though we put it up there and knowing whose nights it is to take the lead for our sexual intimacy, it is an act of service. Yes. It is up to you to take the lead. You do all, everything that leads up to that. And I, and really, it's sort of me just being able to just sort of sit back and go, wow, my wife is just loving on me mm-hmm. and vice versa. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're right on. It, it does. It, it, that what we discuss has no boundaries. Right. Intimacy as a whole, when we talk about intimacy, I mean, it's the big picture. It's not just this physical intimacy that we talk about. It has no boundaries. Everything we are d- discussing with you guys permeates every morsel of your body well but i i like to emphasize that because of the fact that we as humans i think are very into compartmentalization oh gosh yeah and so well you know i can serve you on the household chores but i might not serve you in the bedroom and so i like to make exactly how you said it 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 encompasses all of your life Mm -hmm. and it changes who you are and how you relate to the world and you know, how you look at your place in it. Are are you here to be a taker where everything, you know, you're like, gimme, 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 gimme. Or do you say, you know what? I can make a difference. Right. I'm going to give. I'm going to change my world in whatever way I can. You know, this weekend we're getting ready to, um, participate in sleepless San Diego, which is, it's the fourth annual, uh, sleep out for homeless, the homeless here in San Diego and, um, to raise awareness, to raise awareness and to raise funds. And it's something that we actually went to the first time at the second annual. So three years ago, um, and the kids were still too young that we didn't really think that we were going to be able to pull off sleeping out last night or last night, last year we did. Yep. Um, we packed up and you know, it looked like we were moving in because you know, I wanted the kids to have a really good experience. Experience. So we had blankets and sleeping yep. bags and all that kind of stuff. And, and they had a great experience. Mm-hmm. They were uncomfortable. They were cold. They were hungry. Mm-hmm. And it was all things that we knew were very temporary. You know, uh, this was going to be a 12 hour discomfort. Right. But like Tony said, you know, when he when he goes and serves meals at the Salvation Army, he bottles up that feeling of service. Mm-hmm. And how do we take that to a bigger picture? And I've told this story numerous times, and some of you may have heard it just in conversations with me, and some of you this will be the first time. But I was sitting there rocking Abby last year, trying to get her to go to sleep. It was, you know, it was past her bedtime, but being in such an unfamiliar environment, she was having a hard time falling asleep. And 
I'm sitting there rocking her and I very much in that instant could be a, I could put myself in the mind of, in, in, in the place of a homeless mother mm-hmm. who is outside with her family, little ones crying because she's hungry, the other one's whining because he's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and just sitting there going, oh my gosh, this, this is that feeling. And those women don't have a choice. They don't know in the morning what's going to happen. I knew we were going to go home and the kids were going to have breakfast. And this was all temporary for us. But I could put myself there and say, okay, you know what? This is such a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And we are going to take steps to make a difference. I mean, we've continued our support to the rescue mission. We will be sleeping out again. And we are raising funds um, for the San Diego homeless. And the kids will be participating this year once again. Um, I haven't looked at the weather yet. I'm not sure what we're in for, but we'll be bundled again. Um, But it's, you know, we'd love for you guys to come on and support us. We'd love for your prayers that night. um, It's the night of the 24th. um, So we're there from, I think it starts three o'clock, the 24th till about 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. And, if you're in San Diego, it's at Liberty Station and we'd love to, there's a expo from three to nine on Saturday night. Love to have you come and check it out. Um, if you're a fan, we'd love to have, you know, let us know you're going to be down there and we'd love to uh, hook up with we'd you. We'd love to hook up with you, um, but you can pray for us and more importantly, pray for the problem of homelessness mm-hmm. and, and pray for how your family, you and your spouse can serve not just each, not just the bigger global problems, but each other. You know, we'll have a link um, in the show notes as well to this event so you guys can see um, exactly what it's all about. But there might be events like this going on in your community, ways that you can get involved. And yes, you might be uncomfortable. Nobody ever said service was easy. Um, but then nobody ever said marriage was easy either. So, you know, the two things go hand in hand. And, you know, you can make a difference and you can make a difference starting today. Um, you know, it's just, it's something we're passionate about. It's something that's, we can see the changes that it makes on a very um, intimate level in mm-hmm. our marriage when we're on the same page in terms of serving uh, the difference it makes in our family when it's not all about us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get that bigger picture and, you know, it just it improves our marriage. And, you know, some of you out there might be looking for ways to improve your marriage and maybe you don't know which way to go. Maybe you just need someone to talk to. You and your spouse need someone to talk to about where do we go from here? Here's where we're at. Here's, you know, here's what we'd like to be doing, but we're not there yet. Maybe you just need some coaching. You know, it's it's one of those things where you can click onto the website and, um, you know, click on, was it coaching free consultation, free 30 minute consultation. Like I can see all these tabs in my mind. Um, you know, click on there. Let's, let's chat with you guys for half an hour and see where you're at and where we can take you. Um, you know, also want to make sure that you guys are getting signed up for marriage minute Mondays. Those are, those are up and rolling and we're having a lot of fun doing those. So, you know what, there's lots of ways to get plugged in. You can always give us a call at the caller, um, 
feedback line, 858-754-9937, or shoot us an email at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or ask Tony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, I was looking at the weather for Saturday. So. Oh, what's it supposed to be? 70. Highs of 70, low of 48. Perfect. Perfect. Any rain? Nope. Okay. Let's we'll see if we can survive an El Nino year. Yeah. Get through the weekend. You guys, I, I just want to say and break in here for, with Elisa. Get involved with the community. The one community is amazing. And like Elisa was saying, you can get involved in a number of ways. So you can get over to our blog and get get on there with uh, our Facebook fan page. Comment on the blog itself. Call us. It's just amazing how everybody here is helping each other out. Mm-hmm. And that is the coolest thing about the one community. I mean, it, it, it's great. And I, and I love all of you guys because of how you just come in and let us know what you're doing and how you're doing. And please just keep it going. Let's just keep it going. Let's, let's, let's encourage marriage. That's what, that's what one's about. No, Couples I- coming together, becoming one and encouraging each other to be healthy and by being a part of that community and encouraging each other whether you know it or not you're serving each other that's right your encouragement of others in their marriages um, sharing your stories those are all acts of service that's right and it's an easy way for you to help others and and to be part of something larger than yourself and so we just we thank you guys Mm -hmm. it's we are blessed to be on words And so just until next week. Love you guys.